everyone. This is Myra with Halipule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. With moving through spring, we've all been expanding and growing here at Halipule and Durga Farms. Yes, we have a spring on Kauai. When our students and guests see themselves in new ways, it's so satisfying. I'm still amazed daily to see where I am in my own life and to realize how the practices and my teachers have facilitated my growth over the years. When I started, it was with Vipassana meditation, and then I started learning classical yoga practices. I had no idea of what I was approaching. My early classes and workshops were really as much as I could handle. I knew I was on to something that was changing my life, but I had no idea where I was going, nor did I really understand what was happening. There was so much being said and done in these classes that I didn't understand. And actually that made me realize I was in the right place. In the first 28 years of my spiritual journey through meditation and other practices, I worked with just two teachers. And over the first 10 years of practicing yoga asana, I worked with just five teachers. I sought out different teachers for asana as I was looking for a method of practice that was more complete and balanced. I didn't breathe well, and that was really it, but I learned so much from each of them. But all of them were from the Krishnamacharya lineage which meant there was a similar energy at the core. And this was important in terms of my progress and my understanding of how yoga is an incredible foundation for life and for healing. So what I was told and read in my personal studies was that digging a deep well would bring the rewards of freedom in this life through yoga. And my early life felt like I moved from one prison to the next. So that had a great appeal to me. These days, I hear that people think that many teachers and many perspectives will bring them what they seek. And perhaps it will. But it's really difficult to go deeply when we don't allow ourselves to be exposed by working closely with a real teacher. This kind of teacher is called an acharya in Sanskrit. And the relationship a student has with this kind of teacher is traditionally seen as sacred and divinely connected. It's meant to be a sattvic relationship, meaning it brings balance and harmony in the long term. That doesn't mean there might not be bumpy places in the road. And that process of working with a teacher might be different than what you're used to. So I'll talk a little bit more, explain a little bit about why this model has been so important for thousands of years. And then I'll give you a few exercises to help you dig a little deeper in your well. Vija is a Sanskrit word that's simply defined as knowledge or clarity. And it also refers to higher learning. So this term is used to describe both intellectual knowledge through study, and that's called aparavija, or 
spiritual or higher knowledge, which is para-vija. And that leads to realization of the higher self or the goal of yoga. The word vija is also considered wisdom. Then the opposite of vija is avija, which means uh, ignorance or misunderstanding. And it's one of the five kleshas that's discussed in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. Something we all have an opportunity to move through as part of the process of life, avija. Some yoga teachers provide information and guidance for study through aparavija. You may learn a lot about yoga this way. It's book knowledge about the methods and the rituals and the terms. And even studying the Vedas from which yoga come is just aparavija. In these times, this kind of teacher might be called an instructor. And this person may or may not be actually living the teachings. Then there are teachers who provide access to higher knowledge that can bring light or clarity into life. This is when we tap into the buddhi or the aspect of the intellect that is our higher consciousness. And this higher knowledge expands the mind and it broadens our perspective of life. And this is parabhicca. And it leads to self-realization. It's a step that takes us in the direction of moksha, which is freedom in this lifetime. And so this teacher is a bringer of light to the consciousness and is living what they teach, although still human. So some of this begin the path of yoga, the union, I like to say the union within ourselves, with a teacher who's just a few steps ahead of us. And this makes spiritual growth feel attainable, and we all grow together. And as our knowledge base grows, we might begin to look for spiritual guidance and a shining light. And then others connect with a teacher who is enlightened. And sometimes this can be easier, as there can be some distance between you and the teacher, whether the teacher is still in the body on the planet or not. And in this kind of student-teacher relationship, the feeling of the teacher is enough to keep us going. Yet for some people, this type of teacher is more difficult to work with if they're not ready to take the big steps or if they see themselves as unable to reach the same levels of freedom as the teacher. And we only do this when we look at an end point rather than the process of the journey. In other words, if I look at the teacher and, and say, oh, I can't possibly be like that because look where I am now. This kind of comparison leads to a competitive attitude and, and basically no growth comes as a result of that. So no matter the type of the teacher that you work with, it's all part of the journey that will ultimately bring you to Paravija or the knowledge of and the unity with the Supreme or the God of your heart or the Lord of the universe. And this is when our sense of self, our true sense of self and the universe become one. In either case, the journey is your own. Some people will feel completely and totally dedicated to their teacher, which can bring surrender or a letting go of self-will so that we can align ourselves with divine will. 
But in the end, self-realization still comes back to our cultivating our own connection with the divine using the teacher's guidance. So it comes with the teacher and not just through the teacher. So how does one do this? Well, we know from Ayurveda that to have health, we must take care of our five senses of sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell. And when we don't take care of them, we bring disease. And disease is one of the obstacles to progress that's pointed out in the yogic texts. It can keep us from a spiritual basis of living and our true self. And you may know if you're sick, you, you, you shouldn't practice. You shouldn't um, meditate, for example, if you're feeling sick. When I began to understand that we experience our life through the five senses, I could see that caring for them is of the utmost importance. I could also see that how I engaged my senses was something that kept me from those deeper experiences that were being offered to me. So as I started making shifts in my lifestyle and eating, it made the notion of a deeper relationship with my teacher and myself something that I could move toward and it became accessible. And it was still pretty scary too. In those early days, I was taught very simple practices for developing a relationship and understanding the five senses. And there are many practices that work well, but I thought I'd just give you a few to start with. So coming to know your sight your sound, your taste, your touch, and smell. And the, again, it was something I had never thought of before. But when we do that, we experience life in a completely different way. So with your sense of sight, you can use your thumb and your middle finger placed on the eyelids, and the forefinger, or your index finger, touching the middle of the forehead Close the eyes, of course, and hold for about one minute. Just see what happens. And for your sense of sound, we'll close the ears by putting the tips of the thumbs into the opening of the ears. So not just pressing it closed, but actually putting the thumbs in. And then listen to the inner world. So there might be silence or there might be a sound. Could be the sound of the universe speaking to you. Sometimes called nada in yoga. And then the sense of taste. And it can be clarified with a practice called Ketri Mudra, where the tip of the tongue is placed on the roof of the mouth and moved back toward the soft palate, toward the opening of the sinuses. The tongue is said to taste the clarity and the knowledge of the Ajna Chakra, or the third eye, at the center of the head. And this is also a way to circulate your energy. And then the sense of touch. And it can be enhanced with the use of hand mudras. Focused, specific attention on the mudra being practiced actually brings the essence of the flow of prana. So prana mudra with the tips of the pinky finger and the ring finger 
touching the tips of the thumbs and the palms face up. And just hold for about five minutes. See how it feels. And then the sense of smell. And it can be accessed with focus on the breath. Focus on feeling the inhale and the exhale, even moving across the edge of the nostrils and through the sinuses while the eyes are closed and you're meditating. And then pay attention to it while you're moving through life. Notice the responses that you have mentally and physically to odors and fragrances, whatever you encounter. And are you able to have some neutrality? So practices like these prepare you to dig a deep well in your studies. It's our focus and depth in the path of our study that we choose that removes the distractions and allows us to see through the games that we play that keep us from experiencing what our teachers really have to share. No matter what a teacher may say, remember that true knowledge comes from your direct experience. Let your relationships with your teachers guide you along the journey to uncover the teacher within. In other words, your true self. Thanks for listening. As a reminder, we offer trainings, mentoring, and consultations that can guide you along your journey to vibrant living. If you're ready to take the next step, visit hollypule.com. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E.com. And for inspiration and to learn more about what we do, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join simple Ayurvedic cooking with Halepule. Their recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.